Good morning. It's Denise from Women Beyond a Certain Age. We are so lucky in so many ways to have our guest today, my dear friend, Pat Greenberg-Grunfeld. Now, why is this important? Because in the middle of the coronavirus quarantine, Pat has the story of not only her husband, but herself uh, catching the coronavirus and then saving both of them and nursing herself back to health. I mean, it's inspiring story. Pat had posted this on Facebook. I was taken aback because I talked to Pat like once or you know, once a week. So to see it posted and that she had been going through this harrowing experience, I just thought if we could share it with other people because it has a happy ending and it's really valuable news. So that's my long introduction to my dear friend, Patricia. And good morning, Pat. Good morning, Denise. How are you? Honey, I feel like I'm on Katie Kirk this morning interviewing you. Thank you. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Yeah, I um, just, you know, to start out, this is a story of love in the time of Corona and a story of hope. Uh, we are now, why is it so important for women beyond? Because all we're hearing about is older people. The risk of older people dying is off the charts. And everybody that gets it that's over 65 is going to have complications. Not, this is not true. Everybody is not going to die. Um, most people do well with it. Most people, if they get corona, it's mild. There are a few exceptions, people with underlying conditions. I've been doing a lot of research. Okay. None of us are doctors, so we're going to stay away from that whole um, idea of telling you what you should and shouldn't do. I'm just going to tell you my story. Excellent. So my husband and I are baby boomers on opposite ends of the baby boom. Aaron was born in 1946, and I was born in 1960. And we always, um, Denise and I tease the trophy wife because I'm younger. But the truth we is- We are trophy wives, Patricia. We are trophy wives. You um, more than me, but I'm close. <laughs> but I'll tell you, the, um, the thing is, in our boomer generation, which spans almost 20 years, uh, I am now approaching 60, and that gap has closed between Aaron and I. We are both seniors now. And knowing that when this whole, even those little snippets of the coronavirus spreading, and there's a strange disease in China that's spreading like wildfire, and then it was moving to Italy, I was uh, the proactive one. I'm the hypochondriac. Aaron's the voice of reason. Early, early, early on, I said to Aaron, this is going to be a problem. Simultaneously, my daughter's studying abroad in Israel. And little known fact about is Israel got hit hard early. And a lot of people didn't know about that. Iran, Israel, yes, uh, I know about Italy and Spain. Uh, but I'm here thinking my daughter's over there and I think it's time to bring her home. We had spent a week together in January. This timeline's important, I'll get to why. So the last week of January was Gabriella's break. Gabriella's my daughter, we went to London, and we were in London for eight days, having a wonderful week. And uh, she went back to Israel, we came back to the United States, and all of a sudden, there's rumblings of this virus starting to show up in the United States, starting to show up in Israel. And I said to Aaron, we need to get Gabriella home. And again, my daughter and my husband said, now nah, she'll be fine. The medical medical care is great. I said, no, if this explodes, she's 9,000 miles away. And everybody was very resistant to what I was saying. 
It's so, like you're the mama. You know, I you know. knew she had to come home. But I'm the hypochondriac and, you know. Well, that sometimes works in your benefit, though, doesn't it? Does. it? I'm learning that I never, ever, ever not trust my instincts on anything now when it comes to someone's health. And if you feel a little, if, if your gut tells you something's a little more going on, absolutely look into it. So we were deciding when, whether or not to bring her home. And this woman came to the United States, went to the health department, retraced her steps, and she was on a train in Jerusalem at some time, the Ministry of Health of the State of Israel put out a notice saying anybody that was on the train from Jerusalem to Tel Aviv at 8.20 on Thursday night, whatever the date was, needs to go into quarantine. My daughter had to do a self-quarantine in February in Israel. We had to get her an Airbnb. She had to lock herself in an apartment for the remainder of the quarantine, and her friends were dropping food off at the bottom of the steps. And again, my husband's still saying, no big deal, you know, it'll pass over. That pushed me over the edge to feel like my poor thing had to leave her school at 18 and go get quarantined in an apartment. I know she was old enough to do it, but it's traumatizing. So now um, I said to Aaron, we got to get her home and everybody's resisting me. On February 28th, I had a parathyroid surgery. Again, not an emergency, not cancerous. Um, it was just, again, this is very, very relevant uh, for women and men of uh, 55 and over um, that things happen and uh, even more of a reason to get yourself checked on a regular basis. And we will discuss that at a further show, I'm sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, so what happened was uh, in, so I got up from the, I had the surgery the 28th and I really didn't go anywhere for a week. That's the protocol. Stay home, stay lay, lay low. So around March 7th, March 8th, I emerged from my surgery recovery. My sister was visiting and it was the um, Jewish holiday of Purim. And my sister, I said to my sister-in-law, it's just us. You know, why don't, you know, you come here or we'll go there. She said, oh, come to us. We're only going to have immediate family, not a lot of people. And that's when social distancing was starting. And so we went to my sister-in-law's and she um, ended up having 20 some odd people. But I followed no hugging, kissing anybody, no touching, just get our food, have dinner, and go. This is March 8th. And then um, March 10th was uh, when sort of all hell broke loose in the country, and everybody was saying, this is going to be a problem, no touching, social distancing. I was already had gloves and mask. I went to my doctor for a follow-up, went to one supermarket uh, run, I didn't, it was just the two of us. I didn't have a lot going on, so I wasn't out shopping. Who the hell's buying clothes during all this? Right. I didn't go anywhere. <laughs> and uh, Thursday rolled around. Um, I finally wrangled a ticket to get my daughter home. And Friday afternoon, Friday night, my husband and I are having dinner, and he says, I don't feel well. I said, well, what is that? I just feel a little off. I feel a little dizzy. Saturday, he was resting. I said, you cannot go to synagogue. You cannot go out. You're staying home. Saturday night is when it all began. First, he had a fever of 99. You know, I kept a little journal of it, so I actually have the dates. Took his temperature. It was 99 around 10 o'clock at night. Uh, then it went up to 100. I gave him a Motrin. He slept through the night, and he was fine. Next morning, woke up. He said, I feel really hot. I took his temperature. It was 101. He had a sore throat, he had sniffles, and a little bit of a cough. I took his temperature, it was 103.1. I knew right there and then. 
Also, the news was telling us not to take Motrin, that it actually aggravates coronavirus. So I switched him over to Tylenol. We called the doctor and the doctor said, there's no reason to come to the hospital and get a test. They're not gonna test you. They're not gonna check you in. They're not gonna do anything unless you can't breathe. Okay, so the doctor said, watch him like a hawk and make sure that he's breathing. So day three through six, his temperatures varied from 99 to 101, fluctuating all day and all night. And he just became progressively weaker every day. Chills, sweating, loss of appetite, called the doctor. Doctor said, doctor in hospital will not take him as long as he can breathe. Oh. Then, then the coughing started. By day seven, the cough was so bad, all he could do was drink tea and sports drink. He was so weak when I went to give him the Tylenol, he couldn't even hold it in his hand. He forgets that now when I tell him, you know, he was almost delirious. And you're hearing about this delirium yes. and hallucinations and so forth. Well, honey, right. everything, everything you are describing is what I have read. Do you know yes. what I mean? So yes. thank God you knew to look and it, thank God you're the kind of person that you are. But it sounds, I mean, it's like textbook of what I've read. Textbook. And I'm watching the news every night saying, you know, men over 70 are doomed. And uh, I never went to sleep. The whole time he was sleeping or up, I was um, next to his bed, putting my ear to his um, nose to make sure, and his throat to make sure he was, he was breathing. From day 11 to day 14, this is a three-day span, his fever ranged from 99 to 102. Every time the fever went down, we were hopeful, and then it would go up again. Wow. During this time, um, he lost 11 pounds in three days. You've heard that too. The dehydration, the sweating, and is, is incredible. Um, I arranged, don't ask me how, because the hospital kept turning us down. The doctors kept turning us down. I arranged for a mobile nurse and an x-ray unit to come to my house and take an x-ray of his chest. Because again, the biggest fear here is pneumonia going into the lungs. So the mobile unit came, they took an x-ray, a nurse came a day later to take his blood for infection. Uh, we got through to the doctor a day or two after that. You know, every day feels like eternity when you don't know what's going on. I mean, it's terrible. When I read your post on Facebook about this, Pat, and heard what you had done, it reminded me exactly, and they say that women that can lift the car off the baby. Yes, that's exactly now, right. This is why, and I'm gonna cry if I do. I read this and I thought, this is Patricia, because you were looking for a solution and you found it. So please, I didn't mean to interrupt you, go back. No, no it's fine. Chest x-ray is huge. Yeah, the chest x-ray was huge and I knew we weren't gonna to get to any doctor. First of all, you can't even go to our local hospital, Cedar sinai is an amazing hospital. Our doctor's an amazing, caring, compassionate person they can't handle the overload, oh, which is why the social distancing, the staying home, I don't know why it took so many people this long to follow it. But like I said, I was on board with day one. So the fever started to come down around day 16. Just an FYI, it, it didn't come down to normal until 16 days after the start. And now here we are, you know, 21 days away. Um, he gets tired easily. Um, he's had a normal temperature now for well over a week, and he never complained once during the whole process. He just went with it. And we survived accidents, surgery, losing our parents, financial up and down. Nothing, nothing has ever rattled me to the core the way this has. 
I watched him deteriorate in a matter of days. And it was so frightening and I couldn't sleep. And I'm sharing this emphatically because it's usually one, if it's a couple or a family, there's usually one person or one family member that's gonna get it the worst and others will get it mildly. We don't know why and I don't know if we'll ever know why yeah. um, it rips through people the way it does. Um, Aaron's day five was my day one. <gasps> my, my aunt had called me up and said, does Aaron have a loss, to, loss of um, taste and smell? And my heart dropped to the floor and I realized breakfast tasted like cardboard this morning. I had no taste or smell. That is a telltale sign of coronavirus. I woke up the next day with severe muscle aches, sore throat, throbbing head, and a symptom that I had been hearing about as I'm watching TV, I had a strange pain that just ripped across my back for about two or three days. And I thought, okay, everyone has muscle aches in a different way. Now, this is a reoccurring theme with people who have had corona, a strange pain in your back. I went up by that night, I was 101.6. I took Tylenol and I was very, very lucky. My symptoms were mild. I had that one or two bad day um, but I continued to take care of Aaron, and I never noticed, you know, that I was feeling as sick as I was. Again, doctor and hospital wouldn't take either one of us unless we weren't breathing. So, you know, there's this prevailing theme of that. Um, day three, which was the height of both of us being sick, we were both in bed with high temperatures, was the day my daughter flew home. Now, how do we get her home? What do I do when she arrives at the house? This is all new to all of us, and the information is changing every day. Every day. And I do not blame the news. I really, it really doesn't matter which outlet you listen to or who you talk to. Nobody knew what to do. It was a stab in the dark from day one. The only voice of reason here at all was Anthony Fauci, as far as yeah. concerned, because he came out and said, we've been through plagues, we've been through, this is the best protocol, and everybody else should have just shut up and let him say what he needed to say. And, you not be more correct. Uh, yeah, you are yeah, correct. Yeah. Now. Um, I kept begging people while I was laying in bed with 101, do not go out. You have no reason to go out. And my close friends and family were saying, well, I can't sit in the house all day. I have to go see my children. I have to, the, the lack of compliance was astounding to me. But then I have to remember that most people felt, okay, it's a flu or it's in China or it's in Italy. And it's not going to affect me. Yes. And the deep, deep fear, I think the deep rattling fear for all of us baby boomers, because uh, I noticed it was people, older people that were refusing to stay home. I think the fear going through everybody's head was, I will never see my children again. I will never see my grandchildren again. That panic of not being able to go out and not being able to connect with people was so overwhelming. People just had to go and the, the desperation because we were being told over and over again how thousands and thousands of people are going to die. What's my message here again? Do not panic. You um, went and got that. Tell us about the ambulance and the nurse coming. Okay. So, okay. Uh, really yeah, important. Yeah. So, th th that's what I was mentioning. I had uh, the mobile unit come. So, I said to the doctor, can you somehow order? Um, I never heard of getting an x ray in your house. I mean, it, it, yeah. technology is astounding to me. <laughs> So he, we called some home health care agency. I don't have to tell you, it took, I don't know how many phone calls, talking to people, the insanity, how anybody can navigate the medical system is beyond me. And somehow I think I got the right person on the phone. 
uh, they came over with a, a truck and a unit and came into my house and actually x-rayed Aaron in the living room. And then the nurse came the next day and did a blood draw. And they were kind, compassionate, and loving. They didn't come into my house horrified. It yeah. was none of those things. And I can't thank them enough. I want to track them down and send them a fruit basket when all this is over because they were ab absolutely amazing. So here we are. I have to get my daughter home and I don't know how to handle this. So I put, um, I, we sent Aaron's assistant, a gentleman that works for him in his office, to the airport with gloves and masks. He picked Gabriella up. We brought her to the backyard. We put all of her luggage in the backyard. I handed her her robe and I said, get dressed outside by the pool or take your clothes off outside by the pool. Everything has to go in the washer and dryer immediately. She came in the house. She quarantined in her bedroom and bathroom. We quarantined in our bedroom and bathroom. And we either texted or yelled across the house, hey, I'm going into the kitchen for a <laughs> cup of coffee. Um, we're kosher at home. So Gabriella used the dairy dishes and we used the meat dishes. That came in handy because I have two stations in my house. And we stayed away from each other. But very, very important. We put gloves and a mask to go downstairs. When Aaron was feeling well, he did the same thing. Lysol, um, alcohol, cleaning in between everything. I didn't make a cup of coffee without sterilizing my coffee, you know, my coffee yeah. station in the house, the stove, the refrigerator. And then I found myself yelling at everybody. The stress was, I can't oh. even describe it. Did you put your gloves on? Did you wipe the refrigerator down? I was like a crazy person. Now, honey, I think that that's allowed. I know. <laughs> I mean, I'm stressed out thinking about it. It was terrible. terrible. Horrible. And my heart goes out to anybody who has several family members and uh, my prayers and thoughts go with anybody who's lost someone, even remotely a friend. I've already lost a high school friend. My husband's lost a few friends. Aaron just lost his childhood rabbi last week to Corona. Uh, we have two friends in, in ICU right now on ventilators, um, older, and we're very concerned about them. And one young man we know, he's 30, and he's, in a, he's on a ventilator as, as well. Um, here's the irony. My taste and my smell are recovering. We're going into the Passover holiday happy and well and healthy. Um, we still haven't been tested. We are not for some reason, candidates. The doctor just said, you know, at this point, stay home, stay well, you're allowed to go to the store. I made one run to the store, gloves and mask, and um, went in there. And I was very careful because the reality is, um, and this will reveal, reveal itself as we go, I will, if, if I had corona, I can't believe we didn't, there's no other. That's why I said, for the people who aren't tested, but they're experiencing this, please just act as if. Yeah. My, 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 my advice is don't be, don't be concerned. Take your, your temperature frequently. Do not call the doctor all day and all night. You need the patience of a saint to get through this, but you don't tax the medical system if you're okay. I feel very, very strongly about it. What is flattening the curve? It's staying home and staying away from the medical facilities for the people that, that need it most. Now, our story is a happy one because we're here to share it and to let you know that most people do make it to the other side, um, just following the guidelines. We all have no idea. I felt so alone and so scared and so angry when I did my supermarket run finally the other day. I broke down in the car hysterical crying. I had just cracked and I had just yeah. realized what had hit us. So um, it's okay to cry. It's okay to be flipped out. 
it's okay not to do a two-hour workout and clean the house and whatever it is people think they're going to accomplish during this time. Just, um, just be, be okay with where you are on any level. I think that, Pat, I'll tell you. I know for myself, and I did not have coronavirus or my child 9,000 miles away, some days I get up and I'm perfectly fine. Do you know what I mean? And I, and I, and I keep busy, but that's my personality. But one, one or two days, I have totally stayed in bed and watched Netflix. Yes, I mean, gotten up, brushed my teeth, appeared to, go, to be yes. doing something that day. And then about an hour later, crawl back in bed with a cup of tea and watch Netflix. But, I, but then exactly what you said, every once in a while, I might find a note from a friend that just said, thinking of you, and I burst out in tears. Mm-hmm. So I think, one, I have never been through an epidemic like this. Do you know what I mean? I have right. never, sure. I've been through a lot of different things, but I haven't felt this before. So I think that we're all um, uh, at our wit's end. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it's very, now, we're the opposite of course, in my relationship, and I told you this, my husband has now ordered the expensive thermometer that you can put on your forehead, the odometer, the oxygen odometer thing that arrived. Uh, we have an, a new air filter in the bedroom that I don't know how much it costs, but it's, it looks like it's a robot and it's silver. And, oh, that's my dog barking in the background. Um, that's what happens with Zoom. You can't, we, we don't have a closed environment. But honey, my husband has bought every single thing he can. Now, I want you to know, I got like one little tiny package of handy wipes. Gloves and masks. So everybody's different. But of course, since Kenny has done this as a warrior, and also, you know, he's also a hypochondriac. I love him for it. You know why? Because he's protecting both of us. And... So, you know, you have to, I know this, we haven't gone anywhere. I got Instacart to deliver. I walk my dogs. Oh, I live in a neighborhood. Everybody's 250 years old. We're just walking our dogs. No one's close to each other. And I'm grateful because it, you know, it's self-isolating, but I don't think of it as a punishment. I think of it as just a time to relax, read. You don't have to, I can't put any pressure on myself to get things done because emotionally I'm up and down. And then when you read about someone else that you've respected or that is, is died, it's, it's too awful. You know, it's just too awful. So this is a time that we're not all, none of us, have, I don't think most of us have lived through. You know, they, there's so much talk about, um, uh, listen, we're all, you and I are the jack of all trades. In, in, in food and entertaining and 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 all the things that we've done, and um, <laughs> I've been asked to do cooking classes online. I I don't. It's interesting. I I'm feeling a little bit like I don't feel feel like I want to do anything. I'm tired from the experience we went through. Of course you are. But uh, but what I want to emphasize again is that um, for our audience, which you know our audience hopefully is is of all ages, and one thing you and I have talked about extensively is, you know, I wish people, and I hope for, and I hope our audience is probably the 55 to 75 is going to include the 30 to 50s, the 20s to 40s. I really would like younger people, you know, they look at us, you're a bunch of old ladies, and you know, I don't want to, <laughs> to 
but I really, really would like younger people to embrace the idea of that because as older people, I think that as frightened as we are, and like you said, we've never lived through a pan. I feel like we're in a horror movie. We all do. We're living an episode of the twilight zone that won't end. And um, I want younger people to have hope, you know, that they will get through it. I want older people to feel like, okay, this is another blip. I want everybody to be hopeful that we're going to, you know, you're going to live to be uh, 90, 100, 105. This is is my wish for everybody. And and to really, really embrace um, that, uh, you know, life is precious, but don't be down about it. You know, live each day to the fullest. And it's perfectly okay if you're laying in bed. And it's okay if you're out in the backyard. Some guy ran a marathon on his front porch. Did you hear about that? It took oh, him no, seven, how funny. It took him seven and a half hours, and he ran it in circles on his porch. So I, I'm somewhere in between. You know, um, Cindy brought up an interesting point that um, not being tested for coronavirus is very common. Sorry, switching back to that for no, a that's second. that's okay. Um, that, and the numbers are way underreported. And there's evidence um, in those trajectories that, Everybody has to get it in order for it to, to flatten out. But um, what I was going to say is um, pay attention to the news, pay attention to reputable sources in the news so that you're not scared and you're not freaked out. But do embrace every day and, you know, find ways to love yourself. We're a society that no longer knows how to relax. This is a huge Huge. And we talked about that on the show that just aired, Pat, and you were in it, of course. You knit. You um, walk around your pool to get your exercise. I'm doing my stretches in the morning. Um, I'd love to hear what other people, but we got some wonderful responses. It's You just write us at womanbeyond at icloud.com. Several of the women that are I've known professionally are friends and chefs. I thought the healthiest attitude from across the board was just taking this as a reset. Not, you know, it's, it's not a vacation because we're not on the beach with the boat. Right. Okay. Right. We're not, it's not a vacation, but I'm not in Europe with a ca- uh, at a cafe drinking right. fabulous champagne, but I do have a moment to reset with all this and, um, and reset. Also, I will say this, uh, it's easier for me. And I say this, it's easier for me at this quarantine because for the last year, I was already social isolating. But your point about not relaxing, it, this is just a time, if there was any a time, and ever a time that people should relax, read their favorite books, go back to knitting, learn to embroider, use coloring books. You know, if there was ever a time, this is it. So it, it is for sure. And I, and, and like I said, it's, um, there's aspects of staying home that are very, very good for the body. Yeah. If you're not yeah. staying up all night, you're not sitting in that freaking LA, New York, Traffic. Chicago, Florida, wherever you live, sitting in the car for hours to be somewhere for a half an hour. Um, you're pissed off. You're, you're clenching every muscle in your body. Um, and, and you're not thinking clearly and you're not happy and you're not, and it's all everybody talks about is my grind. I hate my grind. I can't wait. No, you're Let's right. use this as a way to actually bring the body back into homeostasis. And, and, and if relax. Was, you're so smart. And if there was ever a time to kind of reconfigure your life, whether it be, can you, 
you're not working now, but could you work less hours? You know, you, Judy Witz, our dear friend, Frankini that lives in Italy, she made this wonderful comment. She and her husband are about our age, Pep. And she said, we consciously a couple of years ago decided to get a smaller place to live, not buy so much stuff, so we didn't have to work so many hours and enjoy our lives more. Well, that's exactly right. Do you know what I mean? But even young people, you can make choices now from this quarantine that might be in the long run better for you. So we'll put things up on our Facebook page, which is Women Beyond uh, a Certain Age at Facebook. There's a group. You can contact us anytime. Pat, I cannot thank you enough. Oh, Your story is, though, you know, really loving the time of coronavirus. I was so shocked when I first read it. And then I was so grateful that it had a happy ending, but that, that you're who you are. And that, you thank know, you so much. You thank are. you. Thank you. Denise, I really also want to encourage people, um, you know, to contact us, of course, at uh, Women Beyond on Facebook and the, and the other social medias. But I want everybody to share their stories. Yes. No how minor or how major they've been affected by it. I think it's important for more and more people to talk about it and share it. And because um, I know early on, there were people that were embarrassed to tell people they had it and they wouldn't. Absolutely. That is terrible. You know, uh, the more open we are about it, the more we talk. Remember during HIV, we were told in 1982, if you slept with more than two guys, you're, you probably have it. And the panic, it set all that uh, everybody through. And we were all single running around in, yes. in, in the 80s and, and that was happening. And then all these things come around. The better, you know, knowledge is power. The more you know about it, the more you share. Because having shared my story, you cannot believe how many people have come forward. Good. High school friends are saying, I'm home and I have a cough and I have a fever. And I walk them through it. And I say, okay, this is what to look for. I don't want you to panic. If you're in an apartment, open the window, stick your head out the window and take a deep breath. Do something to calm yourself down and understand you're not in any danger. And God forbid you feel like you can't breathe. Uh, don't let it get to the point where you really can't breathe, but um, just keep, this is what to look for. And so many people have reached out to me. Um, and I do think, alluding back to Cindy saying the lack of testing, I think so many more people had it I think in, you know, in December and in January think, yeah. and in February that had these horrific flus or yes. I was feeling I sick for like two weeks and I didn't know, and the doctor didn't know what was wrong with me. So I think I agree it's with you. way more and rampant than we even thought. Yeah. They're survivors because I've said the same thing. And a lot of people just said that from, they went from perfectly healthy and young people too, to deathly ill. And I think it's been here. I think that we have to be aware. And I think social distancing and trying to level this curve is the way to go. Yeah. Honey, thank you so much. We will, we have every time I talk to you, I think of other good shows that we could do. Mm -hmm. And um, as you're saving the world with the coronavirus, I'm doing a sourdough bread starter. Yeah. So <laughs> you're feeding many people. And I have a little Pyrex bowl that I take care of every morning. She's a girl. And I said to my Facebook friends, when you were talking about sharing information, she's not bubbling enough. And that my two bread masters that have sent me some starters said she's not warm enough. So she's now in my oven with just the light on. 
mother of God, I've never worked this hard for anything in my life. I'm following your, your, your sourdough story. It's fabulous with the, with the yeast shortage. It's uh, so, crazy, yeah. and I'm thrilled to learn something new. Thank you, Pat, and thank you, Miss Cindy, and everyone. By, again, we're going to share your stories with us. We'd love to hear it, and hopefully we're all going to get through this together. Absolutely. Absolutely. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks.